No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Before we get started, let me remind you where we're at in the story. I am about halfway through year three of my relationship with Ben. We've experienced two failed IVF attempts. I lost my best friend and my nephew back to back, and Ben started cheating on me with a woman named Deanna. Needless to say, I'm pretty much mentally checked out. And after a failed attempt of getting a domestic violence restraining order on Ben, Athena delivered her baby boy and moved about 10 miles north. Minus a heated text argument with Athena's boyfriend, Chris, and his sister a few months back, I have not had any contact whatsoever with Athena since when we met at the bar two years prior. The only time we've even seen each other in person was at Sydney's softball games during the spring. But of course, we did not interact not even a glare from across the field, nothing. She sits with Chris in one area and me and Ben on the other. Now let's get on with the story. Season one, episode 22, Mama, I'm Coming Home. After the death of my nephew, I spent the next couple of weeks with my family in Oregon, helping with funeral arrangements and just being there for my sister. It was all a blur, and I don't even know how we put one foot in front of the other. Life would never, ever be the same again. The funeral was beautiful, and it was mind-boggling to see and feel all the love and support from family and friends. The attendance was so huge that people spilled out of the funeral home into the parking lot. We know now, and we'll get to that in the future, that ankle monitor doesn't mean shit to Ben because he knows how to manipulate them um, and not get caught. It was horrible, probably one of the most horrific things my family's ever gone through. And to see my sister like that, I don't think there's anything worse than seeing a mother mourn for their child. Um, Oh, God. I I know how bad my heart hurt. And he wasn't even my child. He was just my nephew. Not that it means anything less, like, but it's different. It's a mother. It, yes. It's yes. different. You know, yeah. my um, mom would appreciate you saying that it is. It's it. Yeah. I mean, it's the worst. And honestly, there's been two moments in my life and they were like singed in my brain because my cousin passed away same age as Bradley years wow. ago. And I was still living at home with my parents. And I was the one that picked up the phone when my aunt called and I'm going to cry again. Cause <laughs> this is what I do these days. But maybe you're pregnant. Just kidding. <laughs> oh God, don't even throw a wrench in this hole. <laughs> I cry because I'm going through menopause. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But <laughs> but I answered the phone and she starts screaming. He's gone. He's gone. Oh my God, Dean. He didn't make it. He didn't make it. 
and he got in a car accident and they life flighted him. And Are you so kidding me? Just like Bradley? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was just shy of 21 years old. Oh, they, man. you know, they're together. It was the worst sound I've ever heard in my life. The and then the horror. Yeah. The horror in her voice. It, it's just, yeah. It doesn't ever leave. It's PTSD, yeah. really. Oh, my gosh. And then seeing yeah. my sister, who's always like, she's the original Patiger. She's a badass bitch. Oh, my God. I love her oh. comment the other I day. I love, I love I you. I know, you right? Rock and rock. You piece of shit. She <laughs> said everything that, like, everybody's thinking and wants to say. Yeah. And she's yeah. so, like, quiet in Isn't the background. Her? And then yeah. just randomly, I was like. Boom. Yeah. yeah I was like, oh, had damn. Okay. There's big sis. <laughs> get it. Get it. I love yeah. it. Uh, in case people are wondering, that was because Ben created a fake profile on Facebook and decided to terrorize us. Yeah. So she just laid down the smack. But that day, very well said. But watching her be so vulnerable and just, I remember like trying to go to the funeral home to help with making arrangements for, you know, everything and her and her husband got out of the car and she literally walked two steps fell down on the pavement she couldn't even stand ben was able to get cleared by the courts to fly down just for the day but quickly boarded a plane to leave that evening while it was thoughtful that he came to show me support i could tell he was disengaged he was there yet i was alone truth be told I didn't even want to come back to Seattle. My heart was in Oregon and my family needed me now more than ever. But I knew that I had to go back and make the best of the situation. I just knew that if things didn't get better between me and Ben, like ASAP, then I had to be done with it and move on. I felt like I had done everything humanly possible to make things work. For the next several weeks, it was like everything was on autopilot, go to work, pick up Sydney from school, cook dinner, walk the dog, go to bed, pretty much in that order. Day in and day out, it was the same thing. I was just numb to the world. For most of the spring and summer, Ben had the ankle monitor on from the courts, so we didn't get to do much. But in June, my best friend Shayna and her husband were going to be in town for a charity concert. I was so excited to get dressed up, have a little fun, and take my mind off of everything that had transpired over the last year and a half. It was such a great night and it felt like me and Ben were actually getting back to our old selves like when we first met. For a hot minute, I really thought we were getting back on track and things were looking up. I mean, after everything that I just went through, how could it possibly get worse? I really struggled with a battle between my mind and my heart. I knew deep down that there were just too many red flags and chances are that my instincts were spot on. But then I would see and experience these really lovely moments with Ben and Sydney that would pull me in the exact opposite direction. Ben had definitely stepped up with helping me around the house, and he was always really complimentary of me and showed me so much love and affection, always. He even scheduled date nights for us and other fun things like ziplining because he knew I would love it. And this was from a man who was terrified of heights. We truly enjoyed doing family things with Sydney too, and from playing soccer in the backyard to walking boogie together and playing Uno after dinner. 
Unfortunately, Ben's life was constant drama. There was always something, and these peripheral things is what drew us into the gutter continuously. Even though in my mind I was choosing not to engage with Athena, I still was hearing from Ben all about their disagreements. They literally didn't see eye to eye on one single thing. It felt like both of them would just say no to anything just because. I'll never forget Athena dropping off Sydney at our house one morning. Me and Ben were in the kitchen chatting while I cooked breakfast. Sydney was in good spirits and came and gave us both a hug and kiss, and then she dropped a bomb on us. Without hesitation, she said, Dad, Mommy told me to tell you, don't forget to take your medication. The room just got so quiet, and I just looked over at him in complete disbelief. He gave me that look of, see, Amber, this is what I deal with on a daily basis from that woman. After Sydney went to bed that night, Ben and I discussed what happened earlier. He went on to explain that this was Athena's way of brainwashing their daughter to think that there's something mentally wrong with her father. Now, at this point, I was kind of watching Ben like a hawk and taking note of any kind of strange behavior. He still denied having bipolar like Athena claimed, and I had previously searched our house for bottles of pills to no avail. I still hadn't seen Ben in any type of manic or depressive state. Sure, there were definitely a couple of instances that I had mentioned about him threatening suicide during a big fight. But as far as acting sad day in and day out, that simply wasn't the case. He was always, for the most part, very upbeat, happy, and went to work every day. Very normal type stuff. I just didn't know what to say to Ben regarding Athena. I felt like I had run out of suggestions for limiting the conflict. We had tried literally everything. My friend being a mediator two different communication apps, utilizing techniques like gray rocking and even parallel parenting. Now that Athena was involving Sydney in her war against Ben, I couldn't help but think, what was she telling Sydney about me? That I'm crazy too? Summer had arrived finally, thank you Jesus. Lord knows how badly I needed to be doused with an abundance of vitamin D. Chris and I were so glad to have things unpacked in our new home. Our baby boy was turning to such a little chunk and his big sisters absolutely adored him. Thankfully, things had settled down between Ben and I regarding the move we had made. Ben couldn't do anything about it and that was that. I was ready to slow my life down and focus on my family. I decided to part ways with my business partner and we split the company into two. She took over the boutique and I took over the product line that we had developed. I opened up my own independent studio in a medical building and absolutely loved the new change that I had made. Ben seemed to be doing his own thing and for the most part was leaving me alone. One thing that definitely stayed consistent was Ben's stories about he and Amber had broken up once again. I felt like he had fed Chris and I the exact same storyline at least once a month. Poor him, Amber is so mean and he's figuring out a way to get her out of his house. But then a week or two later, Sydney would be right back home sharing stories about her, Ben and Amber had gone and done this and that all together. After a while, I started to shut Ben down every time he tried to vent to me or say something about them ending their relationship. Quite frankly, it was such a waste of my time to listen to any lies and garbage that spewed out of that man's mouth. So he was telling you all this time? Oh, that we were broke, broken from the time. Or? Yeah, from I didn't way see before you. That. I'm trying to think if there was no. He kept us separate. Yeah, during that summer, 
really that whole entire softball. year softball ben wanted to like help coach yes and chris and did he, he threw a fit and 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 but he was like didn't talk didn't move he was like the key didn't talk to the kids like and chris was like cool chris didn't do anything then when ben didn't show up they said chris can you help for a little bit and sure never stepped over the line nothing and if originally he was going chris was going to we kind of just stayed you stayed over there i stayed over here i had dark brown hair Oh yeah. <laughs> I dyed my oh my hair. God. I remember that. That's so weird to see you with dark hair. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I do remember that now. I remember seeing yeah. you for the first time at her elementary school or one of the elementary schools and you were sitting there and I was like, and Chris and I just started cracking up laughing. Not being elementary mean. School? You okay. guys were sitting in chairs mm-hmm. on their side in the field. I was pregnant. I had dark hair. And I come up, Chris and I, and we start laughing because, and not at you at all, but just because we're like, that mother, fuck. He was almost doing one of his like fake cry things about how mean you are and that you're oh, not. Oh, and then here I am. And then you're like sitting there. And we're oh, just like. Oh my God. And we look at each other and we're like, what? And then he goes, Athena, seriously, like, are you surprised? And we start busting out laughing yeah. and we're just like, oh, she has no idea. No, none. No, just like, what a fucking, he's such a moron. By the time August rolled around, it wasn't just Ben who was ready to get off house arrest. We all were. Both Ben and Sydney had birthdays in August, so it was time to celebrate. And did we ever. First, we hosted a huge backyard party for Sydney with all her friends and family, And then we hopped a plane to Las Vegas to celebrate Ben's birthday. And then the following week, we had our first family trip to Disneyland. Yeah, he got it off. He got the ankle monitor off. Woohoo! So So freedom. Freedom. We still don't know why he had the ankle monitor, right? Right, because we thought it was for the insurance fraud. Right. But that newspaper article, the time frame does not add up. I think it was in 2017. This was 2016, so it's for something else. I don't know what it's for. But August came and we were like, we gotta do, we gotta make up for this kind of a little bit of a boring summer. We actually had Sydney's backyard party. We were gonna camp in the backyard and um, we didn't end up doing that though. It's really hard to pull friends though from school because we didn't have a lot of people's phone numbers. I know. So we were just really trying to like, do you wanna come to the party? Do you wanna come to the party? Neighborhood kids, anybody? Anyone wanna come to the party? <laughs> I remember she was like, nobody showed up. One person came. It was so hard because I was like, do you have any parents' phone numbers? Summer birthdays are yeah, so, so hard. Yeah, so we tried. I tried my I very best. But we invited grandma and grandpa and Perfect. family members. and Did his parents neighbor- go? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And his cousin. And, and you guys got along yeah. okay? And like yeah. cordial and speaking terms. and Yeah, I don't, I don't know that they knew anything. Honestly, I'm not sure. They acted like my mom was there and everyone was having a great time. So I had no idea. I wasn't sure if he was just telling you that I'm horrible or if he told his family that I'm horrible. I don't think they knew. I don't think they knew then. I don't think so either. I don't think he was bringing um, other women around them. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, everything was great and we had a blast. And, and then how um, far after that did you guys go to Vegas? The next weekend. We had a great time and partied. And, but we ran into those beefcake guys. That we've talked about in other episodes and there yes. was a falling out between <gasps> ben and those guys and so we weren't friends with them 
super awkward. They were kind of staring at us and I was no like, no freaking way. So they weren't there on purpose. Oh my goodness. What do you mean? They I thought you, I thought you were going to say that they came for his birthday. Oh no. Oh. No, it was just coincidental. They just happened to be there at the same weekend that we were there. I didn't see the girls. It was just guys. Oh my just gosh. Those beefcake crew guys. Oh so my it was gosh. Just really so they didn't, so they saw him and he didn't, they didn't even talk. So maybe they did come through for me in a weird kind of way. They said F you after he did all those lights. So yeah, those they, they did not hang out at all. Let's not forget, Ben was still stringing Deanna along and seeing her just a couple of hours at the end of each workday. As you can imagine, she was not keen on this setup and broke up with him over the summer after just a couple of months of dating. But as always, Ben weaseled his way back in and you'll never guess how. Here's a little more details on what transpired. Deanna was also dealing with her child's ongoing issues with addiction. And like any loving mother, she would go to the ends of the earth to help her, which meant putting herself into thousands and thousands of dollars in debt of medical bills. And even though she was a year into a successful career as a sales director for an analytics firm, the weight on her shoulders was steadily mounting. And Ben knew that Deanna was passionate about charity work and conveniently offered her a job as a marketing director of a nonprofit that he would create for her, helping at-risk youth just like Kenzie. He even printed up a job offer on a professional letterhead, the whole nine yards. How far into your relationship did that happen? Do you remember approximately? So it was August, 2016. Right when I was stopping seeing him, he started mentioning like, hey, I know we're not together, but I have this opportunity and I want to make sure these types of things don't happen for my kid. And gotcha. I want to make sure that yeah. there's, I believe in single moms and all this other BS. You guys are soft spot. He knows what it yeah. is. Oh, it's so not it was- even a soft spot. It's, it's, it's your Achilles heel. It was the golden ticket. It was this opportunity for me to help other moms. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll take a pay cut. I get to help other babies. I get to help moms that are struggling get the resources they need so Fuck kids yes. have safe places oh, to go still and work on he that. said it was in he said it was in Aberdeen which is the number one mess capital in all the land I was like hell yeah let's do it this was a big step because she had signed a non-compete with her former company so it was make or break time but two weeks later Ben said that the investors in the nonprofit went in a different direction and there wouldn't be a job for her after all but he would float her until she got hired somewhere else. So, just barely six months into dating Ben, Deanna's whole world was beginning to crumble. By November, she still had not met his family, his friends, his daughter, Sydney. She barely even saw him, and now he managed to con her out of her well-paying job. This was hardly a relationship at all, and as expected, she was infuriated. In September, Ben finally came home with a new, signed-by-the-judge parenting plan that removed all the crazy and false restrictions Athena had over him. Of particular notice, in Section 6, Other Provisions, it read, 6.2, Unless otherwise provided in this parenting plan, all communications between parents regarding the child shall take place using the Custody Connection mobile app. 
6.11. The mother is not able to contact anyone in the father's household in any way, shape, or form other than landline or agreed upon mobile application custody connection. The mother may also not have anyone else contact members of the household on her behalf. Wow, this was a major accomplishment. Sure, it had definitely taken almost a year to get this signed off on. Ben told me during that time that Athena would make up any excuse that she could so she didn't have to go to court, include saying that her new baby had cancer. But regardless, it was done, and I finally could let out a big sigh of relief. Of course, it couldn't possibly be that easy, right? Because Athena was not going to comply, and she continually ignored the court mandate, which would cause huge arguments with me and Ben. And by the following month, Ben had filed contempt on her and requested that she not only pay a fine, but go to jail for non-compliance. He brought the paperwork home, and when he left the room, I secretly scanned it for evidence should I need it in the future. It removed all the stuff about steroids, all the stuff about being bipolar. Talked about like you are only communicate via um, custody connection app and that you had, I think one week to download the app after it was signed by the judge and that you were only to communicate that way. No one from your household could contact me or him or harass us. It was just like, all this verbiage that he included. So I was like, sweet, maybe things are looking up. But the following month, nope. What's happening in front of your eyes is not following the direction, the order of the parenting plan. The schedule is not matching. And you're calling him out. And he's taking your son going, oh, I'm going to file contempt papers against her. But really, Mm -hmm. all the while, there is no new parenting plan. It's fake. And we're just continuing on with our normal. Right. So you're clueless. Original parenting plan. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you're you're so pissed thinking like, God, what is wrong with her? Yeah. I was like, I mean, hello. It's just, and honestly, I look back at the paperwork now and I can see like the, the page numbering. And that was just now that I realized that. But at the time I didn't look at the numbers of the pages. They have like each line has a number, but they don't match. Yes. I don't think that I could have even researched that in the courts. They wouldn't have had that, you know what I mean? So I had to take what he gave me at face value and, and like I, I said before, before, it was your unless, signature. And unless you're wrapped around yeah. and been present to see court documents, you wouldn't know. And now we're very versed because of him. Yes. But before, yes. I totally get it. I think you had Chris reach out to me and I probably snapped at his face like, you are not allowed to contact me. I think I did. Um, I think I did. I had everyone blocked. I was like, damn it. Like, just follow the rules. During that past year, I also noticed major changes in Sydney. She stopped sharing her fun stories and adventures that her and Amber would go on. When I would simply ask, how was your weekend, babe? She would clam up and say, I don't know. I don't remember. I thought maybe she just didn't feel like talking to her boring old mom and, and she wanted to go and hang out with her friends. But after months and months of this behavior, she started responding to me with, My dad says what happens at his house is none of your business. Um, red flag. All I could think about was why Sydney was being so defensive and combative with me. It hurt my feelings that she wouldn't want to talk to me at all, not about anything really. I would ask her about school or her friends and she would shut me down and walk away from me and tell me that she just didn't feel like talking to me and that I was annoying. 
I was so beaten down from trying every day with her. I did not put two and two together because my mind would not go there. I just, oh yeah, you can never prepare for yourself for what's going to happen. I just wasn't sure what to make of it. And she honestly would do the same um, with really? me. Like if I asked, did you have fun this weekend? What'd you guys do? And I would try to kind of go above those and beyond just, like you. Those like, are like normal. That's so, oh, that's so fun. That's it's kind awesome. of like when you're, you go to the doctors yeah. and they go, how you doing? It's like a normal yeah. thing, even though you're at your doctors, they know you're not doing well, but it's a normal phrase. Like, how was your weekend? Yeah. And, and she goes, dad said, don't dig whatever happens at my house. Yeah. Then she would just, business. she would say, like, what? I don't know. Just like you. I don't She's know. Like, I don't yeah. know. And then she would, I like, don't remember. Out of, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I was like, you don't remember? Um, nothing fun yeah. nothing and and then or else she would if I started poking a little bit more like you could tell like you could tell me it's totally fine I'm fine honey like I don't like yeah. you can talk about your family or your mom or whatever like just because we've had some differences doesn't mean you can't you know talk yeah. about it and or she would just leave the room she would uh -huh. be like walk away I don't know if she did that with you but she, she would like, shut oh, me down or and then Finally, like as the months went by, she go, "Oh, you're so annoying. I don't remember what happened, Mom." I go, "I'm sorry, but you're raising red flags." Like, yeah, I'm just having a real conversation. This is a normal mom thing, a friend thing, a family member thing. You'd be like, "Hey, my child's been away from yeah. me for a yeah. weekend." Like, "Hey, baby, did you have What'd a nice you do? weekend?" Yeah, normal. I I'm not prying at all. It's a call to conversation. Mm. What else do you talk to other people about? How was your day? What are you doing? How yeah. are you feeling? But instead, Ben was programming her and mm -hmm. um, making her think that if I was to ask her, you were to ask her, that we were prying and digging for information because we were evil. Sydney also started to treat Chris badly. She would repeat the rude things that her father had said about Chris and I became pissed. Ben's behavior was unacceptable. First off, we had done nothing to that man, yet he was constantly talking trash to our young daughter about Chris, Lexus, and I. This was absolutely mentally abusive to Sydney. It was hard to watch. It was so hard. I felt embarrassed for her behavior, and but then I was so pissed. He had the audacity to tell a child to be mean to another adult. Like, come on, yeah. grow the F up. You're that and, jealous. And You're that insecure. Yeah, and it's father. She adores you. Yeah, and as a step parent, being the step parent, like I yes. can't imagine if she did not like me or acted mean towards me. I can't imagine that would cause. And he was so I, good I, to I, her, I, Amber. He was yeah, so like I he loved her. He would feel like it would, kids when he met her. Yeah, yeah, right. And I would feel like Hurtful. it would cause problems between the two of you because, like, it's out of your control. Like this horrible person is kind of brainwashing your daughter. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't cause problems between us because we knew what a horrible man he is. We knew what a horrible man Ben was. Yeah. Um, and so we we saw it play out. We knew it was happening, but it was still very hurtful. And it was still, it was hard for me the way she would treat me and he would witness it. And it hurt him to watch her do that to me, to hurt me like that. Like, why would you say that? Why would you talk like that? Like your mom loves you so much he fights for you she's this and you just treat yeah. her like shit like yeah you know he didn't say the truth like shit but he was just like watch it yeah that's not okay you don't talk to your mom like that and and then she'd be like well my dad said la, 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 la. and then it was like oh yeah okay verbatim like that was 
clearly all Ben. My dad said this. My dad said that. Like I think that this, he really that. amped up his like campaign against you when she was like six, six. Oh, you know when she was younger than that. I think it was just she's just so little she doesn't really comprehend. But by the time they're in grade school, they really can put things together. He obviously mm-hmm. told her that you cheated on him. Yes, that's right. She started feeding him. Yes. He actually started physically yes. telling her horrible story. She kept coming to me. Mom. Yeah. That says this and this, but did you? Because I don't know what to believe. And then I started yeah. saying, no, what? Yeah. And then she go, well, I don't know what to believe. And then and then it go back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, after a few years, I that's when I said, I'm not participating. Yeah. You don't know who to believe. This is stressing you out. This is so messed up that yeah. he would even talk to you about this stuff. It's disgusting. Yeah. And I, mean, I certainly never did. He's making up all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So she's okay. getting brainwashed. So it's almost she's like her behavior towards you is getting worse. Like I'm this bad you're person. You're a bad person. That did bad things to him. And yeah. that he's good. And that you're now a bad person. Because yes. he's now bringing her around these other women. If I only knew everything that was really happening at that time, I would have taken her away from him much sooner than I did. But like always, Ben is a master manipulating con artist. And just like every good con artist, Ben had become quite the fraudulent document maker. During the weeks leading up to Valentine's Day, I noticed that Amber had mentioned something on the parenting calendar regarding our scheduled time with Sydney. It was completely off and it made no sense to me. I would make comments and remarks and edit the schedule to the correct days, but sure enough, Amber would adjust it again and have some snarky response about it. I honestly had no clue what was going on. It wasn't like Ben and her were even following that schedule. We were following the schedule that was written in our parenting plan. I realized that he was once again up to no good. And that's when I decided to let Amber know that she needed to follow our schedule in the parenting plan, period. Within a few days, I remember Amber dropping Sydney off to my home late. There was a mother-daughter Valentine's event at her school, and I was pissed they dropped her off late on purpose to taunt me. When Sydney finally walked in the door, she looked stressed as usual. She handed me a white envelope and said, Here, Mom, Amber said to give this to you. I told Sydney to quickly go upstairs, put her backpack away, and get changed so that we could quickly head out to her school. And while Sydney was upstairs changing, I quickly opened the envelope and looked through the paperwork. If you weren't suspicious, I don't think you would have been scanning those documents, and I don't think that you would have printed them off mm-hmm. and given them to me. I think you wanted to be like, I think you wanted to know once and for all the truth, like, yes, fuck you, of- shut up, or this is going to help me yeah. o- unveil something. Right. I was, yeah. I was trying to unveil for sure. Kind of like when you sent me that message, it was like, I know you guys are breaking up. Thank you. You like, you yes. wanted to know, are you or aren't you? What the fuck is this shit? The first page was a handwritten note from Amber stating, Well, since you want to act and pretend like you are clueless about what's going on, here you go. Here are the extra copies for your records! Exclamation point. I quickly start to look through the pages of documents. It was our parenting plan, but I could tell it looked different. I quickly went to the last page to see signatures and look for the date it was signed. There, I saw my forged signature. I started to panic. I had no idea if he had created these documents or if he had really got a new parenting plan and he had forged my signature, submitted it into court, and it was permanent now. The following pages were copies of contempt documents stating that I was in contempt of the parenting plan and that Ben was asking that I get jail time. You have to be fucking kidding me. The last page was a copy of what looked to be a bank statement showing that I was being garnished to repay a debt to Ben. You motherfucker. 
Sydney comes back downstairs and she says she's ready to go. And I have no choice. I have to take her to the event or else she will be devastated. But what I really want to do is call around and find out if this asshole made these documents or if they're actually real. I was panicking. Ben is a tornado that destroys everything in his path with no remorse. And just like a tornado, you never know when and where he is going to strike. And once I accepted that this was going to be my life, I knew that I needed to get ahead of his storms before they took me down. I would need to use his own tactics against him and think like the sociopath he is if I was going to beat him. And that's exactly what I did. And Ben was like, you should take Sydney. It's on our day. And I was like, I didn't know that. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. We need to have her mom go. If she wants to go, then Athena gets first dibs at that. I would be more than happy to take her because it is, it was like a Tuesday or whatever. It was a Friday. I think it was a Friday. Or our weekend. It must have been our weekend. I think it was your weekend. I left, I'm not kidding you, 10, like a full hour to go 10 miles. And traffic, I, I, I just thought, like, I gave myself plenty of time. It is literally a 15-minute drive. It should not have been never any issue. And so I wasn't purposely, I know you're in your in your part, you, you were thinking it was kind of purposely I was thinking done. that. And so I was so late. You're reminding me now that, like, I was calling her going, what is going on? Like, are they doing this on purpose? Yes, and I couldn't pick up my phone either because yeah. I was driving. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I'm almost there. Just hang on. I'm trying so hard to get her there on time. But we were totally late. I was so annoyed with all the back and forth and why aren't you following? And then I, now I have a contempt order. I printed off before we left. I put it in a sealed envelope. And I said, Sydney, when you get home, give this to your mom. Not thinking you're going to open it before. <laughs> if so I'm, I, must have, I must have messaged you on the app and been like, what are you doing? This is not our schedule. I must have said something to you because your response was a response in regard to that. And that's why you felt the need to give it to me. So my heart started pounding. I, it was like, it's like that feeling when you catch your boyfriend or your husband cheating on you. Oh yeah. Where everything kind of goes blank and you don't know what you're seeing or you're reading. You just know it's not yeah. good. And oh, I, yeah. oh I yeah. Like, this looks like a parenting plan. And then I'm just like, what? Like, what? It's and not looking the familiar. And then there's like a signature that's not my signature. Like an old signature kind of that I used to have that I, is not my signature. So he must have found a really old signature of mine back in the day and tried oh to mimic gosh. it. Um, and then I see his attorney signature and the commissioner's signature. And my heart is just like boom, boom, boom. And I... I I want, I want to cry. I, I said, I'll be right back. I go to the bath. She's up there. I go to the bathroom. She goes, I'm ready. I go, I gotta go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. I am freaking out. I call Chris. I'm like, baby, I know. I did you I think they were him. fake at, or how long did it take? I did not know. That they were I did fake. not know if, cause there were copies from you. You said, I didn't know if you caught wait, by, because you copied them. They looked that distorted. Uh, and that would have explained it, but at first glance, I there's 50-50 either this was real, but like to see the signatures on there, I was so afraid that he actually submitted it and falsified yeah. my signature and it was real and permanent. Yeah. And you want to scream, it's not fair. Who's mm-hmm. going to protect me? Yeah. Who's here to protect me? This is yeah. the so courts- unjust. It's so not fair. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. 
Um, and it's and very so frustrating. little, so the listeners don't know this, but I did not tell Ben what I was doing. He had no idea. I knew. I did I knew that you on didn't. my own. I knew. I knew you didn't because he would never have allowed you to. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> I was so I grateful. Was like, Once I contacted Ben's attorney, the court and the bank, I knew for certain that Ben had created these documents in order to fool Amber, and it was game on. I wasn't going to back down until Ben followed through with all of my conditions or else. My plan was in motion and Ben was freaking out, now knowing that I had copies of all of his fraudulently made documents. I had that motherfucker right where I wanted him, thanks to Amber. In December, two years after I originally broke up with Ben and met Athena at Lucky 7 Bar and Grill, I decided that my head was going to win out over my heart. Ben was fuming mad at me after finding out that I delivered copies of all the paperwork to Athena. I know that I shouldn't have given the sealed envelope with information to Sydney to give her, but I knew that if Ben found out my plans, that he would immediately put the kibosh on it. Things weren't changing, even with a new parenting plan, so I took matters into my own hands. Of course, that completely backfired, and me and Ben ended up in a fight. I knew that I couldn't do it anymore, and I was done. Like, done done. Finances were a huge reason why I stayed, and I know that I couldn't be free to leave unless I had a job. I just knew that if I didn't take a chance, nothing would change. So, I got up the courage to email my new boss, and I asked him if I could work remotely from Oregon. Surprisingly, he said yes. That's all I needed. First thing I did was make a phone call. Mama, I'm coming home. Can you come and get me? And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. Let's talk breakups, shall we? In this episode, I broke up with Ben for the second time, once after year one and now after year three. Of course, there were lots and lots of threats of leaving all along the way as well. So why is it so hard? As a listener, it's so black and white and incredibly easy to see all the red flags. I get it. But it's a whole different story when you're in it. Did you know that on average, it takes a woman seven times to finally leave a toxic relationship for good? And leaving a narcissist or other cluster B personality person is not like other forms of abusive relationships. More than likely, there's actually been some programming. Trauma bonding and codependency is a real thing, and a person will not be able to see the situation in the same way as someone on the outside. Abuse reinforcement is at the core of trauma bonding. And the manipulative partner may alternate abuse with highly positive experiences, especially at the start of the relationship. We call this love bombing. And as time passes, you may find it more and more difficult to detect the signs of abuse. And since trauma bonding can cause the abused person to deny toxic behaviors, they may maintain hope that the relationship can be saved. And therefore, you end up taking them back over and over and over. Unfortunately, transforming a trauma bond into a healthy attachment rarely, if ever, happens. Although it is possible to stop one from forming before it's too late. If you know that you are in a toxic relationship, seek help. It may seem difficult, even impossible. 
However, hard as it may seem, it is possible to break the bond and manage the symptoms of trauma with appropriate support. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. I mean, I was mentally checked out. I wasn't sad. I was relieved. It just felt like, finally, I'm done. He gets almost obsessive. It's like a million emails, a million text messages, phone calls all day, every day. I want all these things with you, Amber. I've, I know our futures together. I want to marry you. I want to have kids. I want to buy a house. I want to do all this stuff just like with you. I think we should go get married in a park, Amber, and let's not be in a, like a stuffy old courthouse. Let's, let's do it um, in a beautiful setting. He totally was. So he hired a physician to come and I'm surprised it wasn't a fraudulent one. Because like we had mentioned before, I think his thought was he'll take the paper so we weren't legally married. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.